Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of Total Pop Mode. We're a weekly gaming podcast. My name is Will and I'm joined here by my good friend, co-host and fellow gaming enthusiast, James. What's going on you hula hoop hoarding hedgehogs? Good to see you James, it's always good to be back once a week. We're sat here recording again, ready for another episode. Episode 5, I'm feeling pretty good considering that I haven't had a bite to eat all day and uh, I'm currently getting through a can of cider which is the first thing I've had to drink today, other than a coffee. So we've got caffeine and alcohol flowing in the veins. I know we're on a podcast right now, but at some point we need to have a serious conversation about your health. (laughs) In the last three Uh. weeks, right, (laughs) we've had... Fueled by nine espressos because you were tired. Yeah, yeah. I forgot the. I forgot to have more coffee actually before this. I was going to have more coffee, but I forgot to. The beer made me. The cider made me forget. Oh, you didn't even remember what alcohol it was either. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the beer, cider, booze. You can expect a, a big crash somewhere around this sort of like later second third of this episode. Well, it's better than the first fucking five minutes like last time. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Oh man. You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pop Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pop Mode. You can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word. Or you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. And you can find me on Twitter at MrBames, and I'm also on Twitch under MrBames underscore TPM. With all that said, James, I think we've rambled on long enough. Uh, let's get on with the show. It's time to get on with our weekly catch-up. Okay, James, well, as you know, I've been busy with the challenge this week, so why don't you kick off our gaming catch-up? Not a problem, man. Much better week this week, so I actually did manage to play some games. Not a a huge variety, I must say, because one game in particular has basically sort of taken centre stage. But I'll give a a brief mention to Thymessia. I was going to say, I wanted to hear how you've been getting on with that. It sounded like in last episode that you were basically on the cusp of completing it. Yes, you are absolutely correct. And as of this episode, I am still on the cusp of... (laughs) Completing it. On the cusp of completing it. <laughs> However, I am more on the cusp than I was before. So, in the last episode, I had maybe two or three sub-quests left to do, and then what I assumed would be the final boss. Okay. As okay. of now, I have two bosses left, and that's it. One of them is an optional boss at the end of one of the sub-quests, and one of them is the final boss of the game. Is the optional boss uh, tied to an achievement of some sort? Yeah, it is, yeah. And also, if you reg- like, I know I'm an achievement whore, but regardless of that, I want to beat all bosses. Like, I always like to do an all-boss run for the first run so that you sort of learn it all, right? I think that if they're tied to an achievement as well, they're clearly important enough. They're not a mini-boss or anything like that. So, yeah, it's worth your time, it sounds like. Exactly, and I believe all of the bosses are tied to an achievement in this game. It's just that oh, okay. to get completion, you don't have to do all the sub-quests and at least... Three or four bosses I can think of off the top of my head are behind sub-quests rather than in the main quest itself. Wow, that um, sounds really, you know, unique and they've actually put a lot of thought into it. Unlike Miyazaki's hacky Elden Ring, you know, just sticking mini-bosses everywhere at the end of any old dungeon. Oh, yeah. No item pickups or anything like that. Are, any, are some of them even mini-bosses, really? Are some of them just the bigger enemies or the same enemies? They're just a casual mob with a long health bar in yeah. Elden Ring. It does get to that stage. Like, if I'm being honest, the first sort of boss most people fight is probably Leonine Misbegotten, right? 
down at um, Morna Castle, is it? The, the very first fight. The one of the first, first boss bosses, fight. yeah. One of the first bosses most people will fight is probably Leon in Misbegotten, right? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But only after the very first boss, which literally is just a mob guy with a lot oh, of Oh, you mean the Godric Soldier boss? Yeah, the Godric Soldier yeah, boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we really calling that boss? <laughs> I mean, it's a health bar, right? But it's still dead in three hits or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But that Leonie Misbegotten is just a mob by the time you get to, like, the mid-game. Yeah, that's kind of... Um, that's a bit of a recurring thing in the Soul series as a whole, really, isn't it? That they all have a, a boss that then returns. But I think the issue that I was more describing there, and of course I do, Jeff, because yeah. uh, I've got a lot of love in my heart for Elden Ring. Yeah. And FromSoft in general, we should have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that the kind of thing I was describing there was more about bosses that are actually not worthy of being bosses even. They should just be a regular guy sort of thing. As opposed to something like Shadows of Yarnum, where it was a quality boss, but then just happens to be a mob later on as well. Yeah, yeah, that was handled a lot better. But, you know, you got to, you know, we've talked about it before, but, you know, the scope of an open world game and stuff like that. You'd be expecting a lot of a company to flesh out an open world game in the same kind of curated hang crafted way that something like Bloodborne or Sekiro is, uh, has been put together. Yeah, and to be fair to FromSoft, they did it fairly well for the most part. There are loads of repeated bosses, sure, but most of them are in the caves and dungeons. They're not really significant, if, if that makes sense. No, so, no, that's and, true. And I, kind of, I can respect it if it's that. Well, right off the bat, we got completely sidetracked there because yeah. we were talking about Thymesia. <laughs> we were, we were indeed. But yeah, that's really all I've got to say, to be honest. I have fought the two bosses that I have to beat, and a good amount of challenging them, definitely the two hardest bosses in the game by I don't want to say some considerable distance because I did have struggle with the very first big boss if you like but I finally got it and then it just clicked and it was fine whereas I think these last two bosses might require me to actually learn the parry mechanic okay right you're finally yeah I know you're not keen <laughs> well no I'm keen I just prefer dodging yeah is a there's quick stepping isn't there in this game as well there I is a quick it's... step yes and but what I didn't appreciate with the parrying mechanic in Thymesia is that when you parry, you actually do damage to the person. So it's almost oh, wow. it's okay. almost akin to a counter-attack, which is, funnily enough, I'm going to talk about again in a sec in a different game. Right. But I didn't realise that. I thought it was just you sort of similar to Souls. You just parry and it just negates damage or something like that. Yeah, maybe gives you a window for a critical hit or exactly, something. Exactly, something like that. Yeah. But no, it turns out that there's actually damage involved, which can actually lead to much better combos, and particularly with the way that Thymesia works in terms of you have a basic health bar and then there's an underlying health bar which is called wound like when they're in a state of being wounded okay. and you have to then use a different attack to get that down and that regens over time so it's a, a way to stay on the front foot whilst being defensive and, and, and you know similar to most things it's just the timing exercise it's kind yeah. of like Sekiro in the sense that you have to time it with the enemy attack okay yeah no that sounds fun yeah, I mean Thymesia definitely sounds like a title that I want to give a go it really you know I think that it'll probably be one of the games I pick up fairly shortly just given how much you've talked about it well yeah and to be fair 20 quids to steal yeah, it is, it is yeah. short though that's the only thing I mean you know I'm two bosses away from 100% completion not all achievements but 100% of the content and I think I'm about eight or nine hours into that file something like yeah that. that is one thing i've heard about the game it's uh you know it's put together by a small studio and i think that the price reflects the experience absolutely. really sort of thing yeah yeah, yeah. so no, for 20 quid an absolute steal hmm. but hmm. again i won't talk any more about that because i didn't actually fucking finish it <laughs> but uh the main thing i've been playing this week is has been steel rising which obviously i've spoken about last couple of weeks yes 
You didn't quite have uh, time to put any hours into it last week, but um, how did it go this time around? It's been an absolute delight so far, man. It's got the normal spider's charm, which is essentially decent graphics, but some of the character models, when they're talking, look a bit janky. Hmm. But I, hmm. I, I'm about that. I don't mind it at all, because the, the story's normally good enough in spider's games that it sort of carries it through. And in that right. regard, so far, it's, it's quite a hook. I mean, I, I am only about five hours into a playthrough, so I'm sure that the story will develop as it goes and, you know, I'll be able to make a better judgment on whether overall it's good or not. But so far, I'm enjoying what it's putting down. Mm. For a first foray into a Souls-like game, the combat's very smooth. There's a very, very, very nice variety of weapons. Usual sort of choice between a strength build and a dex build, but it's called power and agility. Okay, okay. Are those your two main stats? How do you level up in the game? So it levels up in a similar way to a Souls game in that you collect souls but it's called i think it's called anima or animus okay and when you get to a certain threshold you can then level up a stat once and then each time you want to level up you get it's a higher cost each time there's i want to say six stats which is power agility and alchemy it's called alchemical something but alchemy we'll call it which is your strength dexterity and arcane okay and then you've got durability vigor and engineering which is health endurance and armor okay so the cut is simple then pretty you know just your pretty much your casual regular old stats for a game like that yeah you mentioned that there was a lot of variation to the weapons and things like that tell me a little bit more about that yeah so each of the three attacking stats that i've just mentioned there has their own weapon and similar to soulsborne they have affinities and they scale with the stats differently according to that i've actually started again a couple of times because i've tried out each starting class if you like the magic weapons are really fun you're just a little bit too weak and there's not quite enough range on them the ones i've tried anyway because you start with sort of like um almost like police batons kind of oh right like a like a uh, just a beating stick kind of (laughs) but you sort of you hold it as if you're holding the side bit of the handle and then you can sort oh, of flip like an around truncheon yeah 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 thing. yeah but right. you sort of like flip around and do stuff but it's really close range really quick attacks but really close range i then went for a power build and i was using a halberd initially nice good range very good range but very slow mm. and then i'm finally what i've settled on is an agility build and i'm using you start off with steel fans but I'm currently, oh, okay. I'm currently using some claws. But to actually answer your question in terms of variety of weapons, you've got things like halberds, as I've mentioned. There's a hammer. There's fans. There's dual wheel blades. So I think one of them's called a falchion and saber, and one of them's a dagger and foil of the two I've found okay. so far. There's sort of chained balls that you can throw at people and then do combos. Oh like that. yeah, okay. Like kind of like a, a what do they call that? Like a flail? Is it's it? not. It's not quite a flail. It's more. Um, it's more like a wrecking ball on a crane. In a <laughs> it's just, but you're holding right. it and imagine you're throwing it at someone and then it like retracting uh, back. Like Kamiko from, I think it's Kamiko from Kill Bill. But it's been so long since I've seen that film, I don't remember. But yeah, no, it could well be, man. But you know, this, but it's pretty fun. I'm just trying to think. There's, a, there is a gun. Oh wow, okay. What kind of like pistol, shotgun? It's kind of a rapid fire pistol, the one I found so far. But yeah, it's very limited in terms. Like, there's no magazine as such. You collect these things called alchemical some things alchemical bottles alchemical <laughs> jars alchemical something yeah and then they essentially work as your ammo so they're your quicksilver bullets 
Yes, but they also work with melee weapons as well, and it allows you to do the weapon special attack. Right, okay, okay. So, for example, with the halberd that I was using initially in my strength build, its special attack was a ranged attack, so it would essentially, Mm. you'd spend an alchemical orb, I'm just going to call them that, because that's what they look like on the screen, and you'd essentially get to fire off some shots. The saber and scimitar that I referenced, or Falchion, that I referenced just now. Yeah. That one's special attack is a twirly blade attack, similar to the Diablo 3, the Barbarian, when you need to do the whirly blade thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Kind, it's like, it's yeah. not dissimilar. Now I know that. exactly what you mean. Just hit me with the Diablo 3, baby. I should have just said whirly blade thing, then you'd have known. Whirly blades, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so there's things of that nature. But it's not everything, because some, like, weapons that have a shield or a counter attack see beautiful oh, symmetry yes. what we we're talking about earlier um they don't cost anything to use so my main weapon that i use is a set of claws because they scale with agility to an a affinity when, okay. you, when you upgrade okay. them once and obviously i'm going agility so doing that and there and the other reason i picked them was because their special ability is counter attack which is parry but actually does damage to the enemy as well it takes their force deflects it back and then you actually knock the enemy over does it open them up for attacks or yeah yeah it completely staggers them knocks them to the floor also works on bosses as well but doesn't knock them over just interrupts the attack and you get a free attack in nice so yeah it's been really fun i've seen a lot of steam reviews sort of saying there have been optimization issues with it i haven't found that personally (laughs) but you do have a kind of top of the line i was gonna say but but admittedly (laughs) i'm rocking some quite good hardware so probably the wrong person to ask yeah but yeah, man, so far I'm really liking what it's putting down. The setting's really cool. It's kind of France in the era of Marie Antoinette and King Louis XIV. Okay. But there's robots. Okay. But robots. Yeah, so yeah. it's really cool. Obviously, I want to save my big thoughts on it for when I get further into the game and stuff like that. But so far, really enjoying it and very, very pleased to. Because as, as I've said a couple of times now, I do have a soft spot for this developer. Slash publisher, because I'm not actually sure if they're the developer or the publisher. But Spiders, mm. I have a... I have a soft spot for them and their games so i'm really glad that it's not been a disappointment so far cool i mean everything you say about it makes me more and more interested in it i gotta say when you mentioned the things like the um well we've spoken previously about the steampunk aesthetic that it's got going on and you did mention that there's a pistol so i think that that's probably likely to develop later on in the game i wouldn't at all be surprised if there's more sort of firearm weapons if they're having that steampunk theme then i can quite easily imagine some sort of rifle or some sort of blunderbuss looking thing yeah so yeah absolutely i'm there for it possibly even a hand cannon as well because some of the enemies have sort of got hand cannon type jobbies so well you'd love to see it yeah I know how much you like a cannon. I do love a cannon. Yeah. Is there a similar mechanic to Dark Souls where you kill the enemies enough and they will have a chance to drop their loot, weapons, armor? Is there anything like that? You do play as a character, don't you? Are you able to change your outfits? You can change your armor sets. You can change your weapons. I do not believe that you can get enemies dropping their specific equipment. Enemies do drop items, but it's typically the alchemical orbs I've mentioned. You have your healing item, uh, like an Estus, but it's called called an oil burette or something. Mm -hmm. And you can get sort of mini versions of that from enemy drops, but they don't give you a straight regen of health like in one hit, like an Estus would. It gives you a regen over time, which which can be really handy. Yeah, but it also isn't a quick rescue if you're in trouble sort of thing. That's not the... 
Yeah. No, so you can have you you know I've, you can hold loads of them, but they're never gonna say you like if you got hit once and it takes like three quarters of your health bar, you'd have to pop one of them and then run around like a madman for 20, 30 seconds avoiding everything. If you were gonna compare it to Dark Souls, it's like a life gem, not an Estus. Yeah, I think that's that's mm. a very good way to describe it. So, um, did you have any final thoughts on Still Rising? Not at the moment, man. As I say, I'm looking forward to giving it some more time. I'm very much enjoying my time with it so far, and. Uh, Hopefully I'll have some more interesting anecdotes to tell you in the coming weeks. Yeah, I'm sure that we'll pick this up again in some of the future episodes. I'm looking forward to hearing how you're going to crack on with it. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, I'm going to sort of pay a bit more closer attention to the game myself now that it's actually out. Very much worth it, in my opinion. But how about you, man? You've been mainly playing Arborio, I know, this week, but... uh... Yeah, I've been hard at it this week. Hard at the grind. Honestly, in terms of a like a gaming catch-up, it has literally been Arborea. But other than that, I did want to bring up something that I'd mentioned to you earlier on in the week, and I did want to quickly bring on to the podcast, which is Pal World, uh, which is a title that I think I caught wind of maybe roughly a year ago, and since I'd shared it around with a group of friends. I shared it with you just earlier on in the week, expecting that I'd already mentioned this to you, actually. But Pal World, there's an element of Pokemon going on there, absolutely. You do seem to collect pets it's a quite a sort of a cartoony bright vibrant world you know you can't deny the sort of similarities visually to maybe something like Genshin Impact or Breath of the Wild and things like that but then alongside all of that there does seem to be a sort of a whole animal slave industry thing going on there seems to be some sort of evil oppressor where you can program these things and instead of to be your pets and your buddies and they'll also fight on your behalf you can just apparently like battery farm them as well i don't know it's it looks like it's absolutely all over the place james i mean you watched the trailer just earlier this week what do you have to say about it i have to say that i know very little about what this game is going to be it seems like it's trying to do everything i don't think anyone has any idea what this game's going to be other than the power world developers themselves well, if they even fucking do if i'm being honest with you man i mean like you say the opening bit of the trailer was like okay this is a pokemon clone it's going to be a creature yeah. collector a bit of trading a bit of battling lovely stuff i'm here for that it then turned into animal crossing for a little bit yeah there is definitely a farming element yeah. going on there absolutely it then moved into a little bit more stardew valley because it looked like you could actually craft items and sell them as opposed yeah. to just farming stuff and then it became fucking call of duty yeah all of a sudden you can jump on your cute teddy bear and it pulls out a fucking uzi yeah. and just starts gatting falls exactly. like where does that come from it makes no sense and you know i was getting some serious Fortnite vibes because of the cartoony atmosphere and stuff like that yeah and also the third person perspective to the yeah. shooting as well it, yeah you're absolutely right there yeah. is some Fortnite vibes going on there what is this exactly. game it's man? like what do you what is it is it is it going to be second life and it's just like you do a bit of everything <laughs> is it the next biggest mmo what's happening exactly. I mean, I mean, really it's, no it's really impossible to tell what is going on from the trailer other than the fact that it appears to contain all of this content. Yeah. And I've got to be honest with you, I'm not even convinced this game actually exists. Part of me just thinks this is kind of like, you know those uh, ads when you click on like a, I don't know, like a TikTok video or a YouTube video or something, and they show this mobile game where, I don't know, they're like pulling pins and the dude with the, he's got to save the woman and you've got to melt the monster with the lava, but not melt the gun. Yeah, I know the exact one you mean, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm 
slightly suspicious that that's just what this game is. They're just showing me all the things I want to see. They're just teasing me along, and I feel like I would I would honestly think that this was a fever dream if I hadn't had friends confirm this as well as actual proof on the internet that this thing apparently exists, or at least appears to exist. Well, I, I share your scepticism, man. It seems like they've literally thrown all of the shit against the wall and all of it is stuck, apparently, because they're trying to put everything in. <laughs> yeah. But the worst thing is, is I'm kind of here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. I was since day one. Send it my way, please. Yeah. yeah no, it looks really, really fun. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a massive Pokemon nerd, so that instantly gets me sort of a little bit, oh, hello, something that's Pokemon but not. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. rubbing my hands together with glee, I <laughs> To then have a fucking Stardew Valley slash Battle Royale type jobby. With I it. know, what is going it's on there, like, man? Oh my like, god. Like, Pokemon and Animal Crossing Stardew Valley, I see the synergy there. That works for me. You can yeah, catch certain yeah. mons that you could fucking have, like, help you plow your fields and whatnot. Yeah. Good yeah. times. That works. Good shit. All good. Totally all above board. Seems exactly. standard game. And, you know, I can also see a Stardew Valley type jobby combining with a Battle Royale, maybe. But then all of a sudden, Pikachu pulls out a fucking bazooka. Yeah. And fucking Nidoran has an Uzi. Like, <laughs> where does it go from there? Pikachu actually has a move called Zap Cannon. Zap Cannon. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing can Zap Pikachu Cannon Zap Cannon in Power actually? World. I don't know. I've got no idea. You're the Pokemon yeah. nerd. <laughs> it's an electric moving Pokemon. I don't know if Pikachu can learn it, though. Probably then, I assume. He must be able to, right? Uh, if it were that simple, mate. Not every single electric move can be learned by every single electric Pokemon. But he is like the series flagship Pokemon, pretty much. So oh, the mascot, I would assume yeah. he's kind of he's the Mario of the Pokemon world sort of thing. He gets everything. Interesting fun fact. It was originally going to be Clefairy. Really? Yeah. Oh, I would have assumed it would have been something like Eevee, you know, kind of the other one that's been pushed forward more. But Clefairy, really? I wonder what made them move on. Well, I can tell you. It's because they didn't, oh. apparently, they didn't think that boys would think it was cool enough because it's oh. pink basically. Yeah, and it kind of represents like a, a maternal figure, or is that the evolution where it's holding the egg? Oh, that's Chansey you're thinking of, mate. Oh, right, gosh. <laughs> okay, I'm showing my yeah. Pokemon illiteracy. No, Clefairy's like, meant to be sort of from the moon, I believe. Right, yeah, I remember you could evolve her with the moonstone yeah, in it. the original. Yeah, becomes a Clefable, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so they, they went for Pikachu because it's sort of cute enough that girls would like it, but also cool enough that boys would like it too. That's the rationale behind it. Which, you know, from a marketing perspective in the mid to late 90s i get but yeah i mean they think it had wider market appeal so and i mean they kind of fucking smashed it didn't they so who, who <laughs> yeah, am i, I to mean, say clearly. hey but i'm sure that there's uh more than a few clefairy lovers out there anyway i'm sure that they're in the clefairy camp wishing that uh it had taken the front seat so ash would have been rocking around with the clefairy then instead of pikachu that's apparently the theory yes fair enough but no, going back to Palworld though, it is an absolute shower of shit in the best possible way, and I really am looking forward to seeing how it develops because, yeah. as I say, it's it's bonkers, but I'm here for it. There's a bunch of trailers out now uh, available on YouTube. You can go check them out. I mean, I would love to hear what people actually make of this game. I'd love to see what people think of it. Uh, you know, drop some comments in the YouTube channel. Um, you know, because I really want to, uh, <laughs> really want to hear if people are looking forward to this game. If they're like me and they're not even quite sure that it actually exists, or whether they think that actually there's just far too wide a net to cast and they're not going to do any of these things particularly well. Greatest prank of all time if it doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, crazier things have happened. For quite some time, I mean, I was convinced the Elden Ring was some sort of fever dream, actually, because, like, that just seemed to get announced, and then we heard nothing for so long, and then, obviously, the hype came in just before release, sort of thing. But yeah. I, I honestly just started to wonder whether that game was even coming out at one point. Yeah, because it was sort of like, you hear that George R. R. Martin's involved, and it's like, oh, wave of hype, nothing yeah. for months. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, a screenshot. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, some leaked, just a tiny bit yeah. of leaked footage of some, like, PS4 gameplay. Yeah, exactly. Or and then people are like, no, that's just Dark Souls, mate. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. He's jumping. Can't you see? He's jumping. Exactly. But no, so I hope, man, if it, if it comes off with that Elden Ring hype when it comes out, and imagine if it's really good. The upside takes huge. off like Genshin Impact does or something like that. Ah, uh, well, you know, hopefully it's better than Genshin. Genshin Impact, I know you don't rate it very highly, but it's a massively, massively popular game. It's doing so well, absolutely pulling numbers. Not disputing that at all. I just hope it's better than... I mean, I, I played Genshin, it's fine. I mean, on face value, it looks like Power World has a lot more features that exactly. appeal to me in Genshin. Much as I do like to collect waifus and femboys, I think that actually really kind of collecting Pokemon and farming with them and then getting people with a fucking... Spass 12 shotgun yeah. sounds like my type of deal. <laughs> I also like to point out, I didn't mention it at the time, but I, I really enjoy the imagery of a Nidram with an Uzi. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. It's good well, shit. I like you it. won't have to wait long. It is due for release in 2023. Note that there is no actual month to that release date. They are kind of staying with a very nebulous date of 2023. Yeah, so probably means it'll be 2024. Yeah, I was just about to say, we kind of discussed before that, you know, absolutely leaves room for it to be delayed. Uh, indefinitely, who knows? Like I said, I'm really not convinced that this thing actually exists. Do we know what platforms it's meant to be coming out on? Because um, if it's a mobile game, I'm instantly turned off. I won't lie. Well, it's it's actually already on Steam at the moment. So, I mean, it's coming out on PC at the very least. Uh, yeah, it says it's also Xbox Series, Xbox One. Oh, so it's going previous gen too. It says it's for the Xbox Series and the Xbox One. So, yeah, I guess it is going previous gen, yeah. Okay, um, so I think that's probably enough talk about a game that we're not even sure actually really exists. It's probably time to move on to a bit of current gaming news. This week in gaming news, the UK regulator, the CMA, raised concerns about fair competition if the deal between Microsoft to acquire Activision Blizzard were to go through. So, as discussed in previous weeks, Xbox's Phil Spencer made a statement where Call of Duty will remain multi-platform for the foreseeable future. That wasn't enough for Sony though, as we discussed in the last episode, saying the agreement about this wasn't good enough. As reported by Games Industry, regulators in the UK and EU will now further scrutinise Microsoft's plans as the firm never responded to its initial concerns. Uh, so again, this sounds like the, the phase two investigation that's now taking place as a result that Microsoft didn't, yeah, not only did they not provide enough evidence, it just sounds like they didn't respond whatsoever. I really think that uh, they reckon they just have this in the bag. And I've got to say, I, I agree with them. I mean, Xbox kind of has every right to do this. They made these smart decisions. They made these business moves and they're well within their right to restrict a title like that. I think that Sony's always benefited from its own exclusives and that's been the main selling point of that console. Uh, Microsoft let's be honest, in kind of recent years, has failed to deliver on their own sort of exclusives from studios that are really going to sell consoles and bring people in. If anything, it actually feels like they've been actively dismantling their older IPs, like uh, Halo and Gears of War, yeah. <laughs> some of the more recent releases. 
So, yeah, I mean, they badly need some wins. So these acquisitions of Bethesda, of Activision, Blizzard, um, they're going to be pulling in some serious IPs in short order. And I think that Sony is intimidated by that. They're rightfully intimidated by that. And they're clearly pleased that the CMA is going to be looking into this further. But I don't think that they really have a leg to stand on here. I don't think that there's going to be, you know, any real objection raised by the CMA. I look forward to eating my words in a couple of weeks' time <laughs> when the Activision-Microsoft deal is off <laughs> oh, man there's I've, i'm in two sort of trains of thought with this on the one hand i think sony should go fuck themselves because they've been doing it to microsoft for years yeah it just makes no sense to be you know kind of crying about the fact that microsoft is taking a big exclusive ip when they've been sat on so many historically sony's had some fantastic yeah, exactly uh exclusive titles yeah and so from that perspective i think it's sour grapes and i think they really need to almost have a long, hard look at themselves and be like, guys, we're being very hypocritical here. Jim Ryan, right? He's the spokesperson for PlayStation. I think that he just really needs to kind of get a grip and uh, keep quiet about it now. He's coming off very much as like a petulant, whiny teenager sort of thing about the fact that he doesn't get his games anymore. Yeah, and all it's doing is it's making Sony PlayStation look weak. Phil Spencer, if he's got any sense, will see the blood in the water and know that he has all of the cards in his hand now. I'd love to see a Sony project where they try and actually rival Call of Duty in response to this. I think that that'd be great to see. I'd love to see it. Do I think it will happen? Probably not, in all honesty. No, I don't think that there's a huge market for it outside of Call of Duty. No, exactly. And and this is where my second train of thought comes in, really, because on the one hand, I think Sony are being very hypocritical, but on the other hand, to my knowledge, there's never been an exclusive battle like this this it's one thing saying okay something like a god of war is exclusive triple a single player title it's going to have its audience it's going to do incredibly well for the console it's going to be a usp for said console mm. but in terms of pure revenue it is going to do a tiny fraction of what the call of duty franchise will continue to do for the, the coming years because yeah. that franchise is so huge. It's embedded. Like, yeah. you know, everyone knows what Call of Duty is. Someone's heard of Call of Duty. Exactly. You know? Even people that don't consider themselves gamers will own Call of Duty or FIFA. They're the two games that everyone knows. Everyone's played them. You get mm. other titles that sometimes creep in, like most people have played a Grand Theft Auto title in their life. I'm making very general statements here, of course, but most people that have consoles or have had access to consoles will have played one or th all three of those games, right? Yeah. And the other thing yeah. that I think makes it slightly different is the fact that using God of War again as the example, that was designed, built and made as a Sony exclusive from day one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Call of Duty originally started off as everyone. It has made mm. its name on every platform. Yeah. And is now, as a result of this merger, takeover, whatever it is, potentially going to become exclusive to one. Tough titties, Jim Ryan. It is kind of tough titties, <laughs> because if they were that desperate, they, they have the money too. They could have done it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. The other thing that gets me about this is Phil Spencer's even given them commitment for at least the next six years. He's honouring the licences they already have. He's committed to three years after that. There is absolutely no reason to believe that he won't then commit to more after that because he's not stupid. Mm, mm. He can probably get a nice little licence fee out of Sony to be able to play the Call of Duty games on their console, you know, or even a, a cut of the revenue maybe because it's owned by... My, I don't know how it would work, but there's so many options that he has. And that's why I think that he's almost playing a bit of a blinder here. Because I'm still with the mindset that the CMA investigation isn't going to affect the sale. I think it's still going to go through. Mm. I'm probably jinxing it. <laughs> but I, I'm fully confident that's going to go through. So I think that 
I don't know if it's Jim Ryan specifically in this instance, but I think Jim Ryan, Sony, whoever's talking, needs to just shut up and get on with it. Like you say, focus on your own games. Yeah. Get that shit sorted. Get Bloodborne on PC. Very important, that one. If you do that, then I'll be on your side, Jim Ryan. <laughs> that's the priority right now, yes. Yeah. That, if that's not number one priority, then I don't know what you're doing. That should have been the statement. Like, yes, we're very sad to see Call of Duty go. Uh, they're pushing the desperation button here. They're like, but we are releasing Bloodborne on PC. Yeah. Or better still, we're very sad to see Call of Duty become a Microsoft exclusive. The shame about this is, is we've now lost the budget for the PC version of Bloodborne. Oh, I'd change my tune quickly if they said that. Oh my god, yeah. can you imagine? Because of this whole Microsoft acquisition, yeah, the Bloodborne PC but it was just on the verge of getting the yeah. wheels on, but uh, yeah, no, don't have the funding now. It was so. right there, it was right Sorry, there. Sorry gamers. Sorry oh. gamers. I would personally go to Phil Spencer's house, because I know where that is. <laughs> Burn it down. No, 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 oh god, no, no. I know I'm sensitive beg i get on my knees and beg the man please all right give sony their fucking call of duty so i can play bloodborne on pc please i thought you were gonna say oh, i'm sensible i would just poison his water supply oh yeah <laughs> no 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 i would just get on my knees and just beg the man exactly please poisoning the water supply is the last if he says no yeah then yeah, yeah. on your way out sort of thing yeah, yeah. Exactly. as you hop the gate sort of thing just before all joking aside though I, I i do think that playstation should just be quiet let the investigation run its course accept the decision whatever it is because if i were phil spencer and i'm getting bitched at and moaned at i'm less likely to want to give you license rights whatever further down the line i'm more likely to be a bit of a knob because you're taking the piss in my opinion publicly as well my eye Right, he's going to do it out of spite. Maybe it's showing me up as being petty, but I'd certainly think about it if I were Phil Spencer. <laughs> interesting, I think, to keep it as a recurring thing as it develops, because yeah. it is an interesting one. But yeah, it is kind of flogging a dead horse at the moment until more detail comes out, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're just waiting for more of that at the moment. It just sounds like, really, basically, this whole thing was, was no news. Yeah. <laughs> so the next article I have up, I found from Giant Bomb. And this is quite an exciting one for all you Sims lovers out there. James, put your hands up in the air. Are you ready for this one? Are you sat down? You are sat down. I, I don't know why I asked you that. I mean, we are doing this over a call, but I, I, I do see you sat in your chair right now. Hey, man, you've got to, you've got to quit watching me. I've told you about that. Um, so, uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on that note, uh, The Sims 5 could soon be announced, even as soon as next month. So, The Sims 4 launched back in 2014, and it came along with a bunch of expensive and pointless expansion packs and additional content, as well as a handful of drip-fed new features. But fans are already clamouring for Sims 5, according to Giant Bomb. According to journalist and industry insider Jeff Grubb, Great name. The Sims 5 is on the way and will be officially announced in October. He believes that the unveiling will almost certainly happen in the Behind the Sims Summit livestream, which takes place on October 18th. Do not expect to be playing it soon, the game is still a very long way off, he adds. The Sims 4 is also due to go free to play on October 18th, so right on the announcement of Sims 5, they're going to get a bunch of people hooked on playing Sims 4 and looking for the next best thing. I mean, yeah. James is <laughs> just, he doesn't give a shit. Uh, right, so... I'm just looking at him right now and he is just, honestly, just couldn't give a fuck about sims so 5. so for context <laughs> so for a bit of context on this right I, I, the sims is fine 
It's an absolutely fine game. I know it's got a huge fan base out there. I just happen to think it's incredibly average, right? I played a bit of Sims 1 when I was a kid. Bunch of hours in it, but, you know, and that was pretty good fun, to be fair. Little bit of Sims busting out on the PlayStation 2. Shout out to that game, because that's quality. But really, aside from that, I could not give a flying fuck about this. But no, you say people are looking forward to it, and I'm sure they are. No, I think that the Sims players go hard, the ones that are actually into it. You know, those expansion packs aren't just sat on the shelf not being bought. Kind of, it, it blows my mind as well, I gotta be honest, because, you know, Sims is a game that I'd like to play. You know, I could probably play for maybe a couple hours before I got bored and never picked it up again for a year or two. Yeah. But the fans that are really into it are absolutely picking up on these uh, collection packs, and I've got no doubt whatsoever that The Sims 5 is going to be absolutely flooded with expansions as well. I'm just wondering how they're going to be delivered. Are they actually going to be sold as individual titles, or is Sims 5 getting a battle pass where you, oh I don't know, pay like, uh, you know, five pounds every season or something like that, and you get the next string of items? <laughs> the thing about this is I don't think they will go battle pass for the simple reason that for whatever and i don't get this but the facts are the facts people in their droves go out to buy an individual expansion pack for the sims it's just it's fact yeah, that absolutely happens. yeah as a result of that i don't think they'll battle pass it i think they'll continue to do expansions i think it will in my opinion continues to be utter bollocks like you know i think I, the thing that lost me I, i'm full disclosure i didn't know there was a sims 4 i thought they'd still just been flogging sims 3 all this time <laughs> but sims 3 i believe it was had expansion there was one called like a holiday expansion where you got some clothes. There was one where there was a pet expansion where you got a cat, maybe a dog, don't know. Never played any of these. I'm being very judgmental, but, you know, I don't care. It's the fucking sin. <laughs> and then, you know, then wasn't there one that was like a special... It was, I, I want to say Sabrina the Teenage Witch or something like that. They did like a special... They've done lots of tie-ins. They've even done like Ikea tie-ins where you, you know, you can buy like Ikea stuff, furniture yeah, and true. stuff and whack it in your sim. So. Is that yeah, true? 100% man. And there's like a H&M accessories bundle as well. God, it's, it's worse than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, what man. What the fuck is this? They're absolutely rinsing those expansion packs. It's kind of as you described though, there's... There's a handful that are kind of like they add a cool new feature, you actually get pets, yeah. or now you can go to university, or expand the game in some way. But a lot of them are like, just literally kind of a couple more pets, or a couple more outfits, or different stuff for your home. And all it is is really just an excuse to hold back the content in the OG, in the base title, you know? Yeah. So This is what gets me, right? Years and years ago, when Oblivion released their first DLC, The Elder Scrolls Oblivion, the first DLC they did was some armor for your horse for £2.50 or something like that. They got slated for that. And for me, this is the same thing. If you're just getting an extra sun lounger or an extra hat, it's not fucking worth it. And do you remember the days when an expansion pack was actually an additional campaign or an actual addition to the game? I mean, look at The Witcher 3. The Blood and Wine expansion pack is basically a new campaign on a new part of the map, wonderfully crafted curation lovely missions beautiful to be fair though i mean witcher was a bit of an outlier there with that quality of dlc at the time that that was actually released now admittedly i'm not a sims fan in case that wasn't fucking obvious from the discourse here <laughs> but this just doesn't excite i don't think this would excite me that much even if i was a sims fan to be honest with you i don't see how the franchise can grow much from sims 4 to sims 5 like i said they're really not my sort of game either I, I wouldn't play them for too long but i do agree with you i think that a lot of the people that i speak to that have played sims seem to think that it's getting progressively worse so yeah i don't think that there's going to be a big furore in the group of people we know looking forward to sims 5 i must say though james i for one am looking forward to all of the creepy sex 
things, all the creepy sex mods that come out of uh, Sims 5. I mean, I don't know if you're aware of this underground kink community, but there is some absolutely filthy mods for The Sims. It goes well beyond removing the sensor feature. It gets real dicey. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what all the internet perverts do with The Sims 5. I reckon EA's probably already factoring that into their sales. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that was a thing, but the second it came out of your mouth, I was like, yeah, that's yeah. that's going to be a thing. Yeah, of course. That's about right. Someone just had to drop the sensor bar they were just <laughs> that bit too curious yeah it must be that language talk dirty to me yeah. in the sims language sounds like dutch weirdly it does it has kind of like it has a ring of a fair few different european yeah. languages but i absolutely hear dutch yeah. in there predominantly it's, anyway. it's got a name hasn't it the language is it simoleon or something no i think simoleons is the, the currency? currency isn't it yeah yeah it definitely has a name though and it's not gibberish no, no, no. I mean, I mean don't get me wrong, it is fucking gibberish, but it's not called gibberish. <laughs> oh, dear. Let's, let's move on from this fucking average game, Will. Come on. <laughs> Moving on to the third and final article of the episode, the Nintendo Direct happened. 101 farming simulators and a plethora of JRPGs later... Zelda Tears of the Kingdom was announced. So that is the long-awaited Breath of the Wild follow-up. We finally have a name, and it releases on May the 12th, 2023. How are you feeling about that, James? Firstly, I'm a little surprised it's that quick. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly thought this was much further away. Agreed. Like, don't get me wrong, they announced it... Well, it was some time ago they announced that. Yeah. And, you know, the rumour and innuendo around it was that it was going to be a sort of Majora's Mask style in terms of taking the assets of Breath of the Wild and making it more macabre. But this, I didn't see the direct, but this sounds more like it's a new game. Is that the impression you got from seeing it? or? So looking at the trailer, I mean, all you do really get to see is Link running around a bit, climbing a vine up a wall holding onto a block that is levitating in the air and then falling and flying on a glidey thing in the sky really so ah, so breath of the world kind of very <laughs> yeah exactly yeah very kind of you know things that people are going to be very familiar with seeing in breath of the wild does it look the same graphically yeah absolutely so all of those scenes that i described they could for the most part, just be out of Breath of the Wild, really. I, I really do think that although this does have a different title, this is going to be pretty much the same kind of thing. I had a great time playing Breath of the Wild. I think that it was a really well-curated game. It really opened up my expectations for open-world titles after that. And in a lot of ways, it actually hasn't been surpassed in terms of exploration, I think, just given the level of traversal and the different means that you can achieve that. So I guess my hopes for this are really that they introduce different arrays of powers, more varied move types, as well as maybe a bit more of a slimmed down climbing system. I'm sure one thing that you'd love to hear is that this game doesn't have breakable weapons. That was going to be my uh, question. <laughs> appears to be yet to be confirmed. I think that, you know, it really depends, it, you know, whether they listen to the fans, which couldn't be further from what Nintendo are typically like, <laughs> or if they actually go for it in this time and they sort of streamline some of the features there and then, I guess, focus in on some of the new features that they'll be including in this title. Yeah, man, it'd be interesting to see what they do with it. I'm wondering if the reason that the release date is potentially quicker than we thought is because maybe they are using a lot of the same assets if you're saying it looks the same. That would make that make sense to me a bit more. In terms of how I feel about this, I'm not particularly infused about it right now, 
but I like to think that in the coming months I will be. It might even inspire you to pick up Breath of the Wild if you've got the time. Well, that's it. And in my mind, I'm going to do that. Because I'd like to have... If I can get Breath of the Wild completed before the new one comes out, it might just give me enough invigoration to then get on. But how about you, Matt? I know that you were way more into Breath of the Wild than I was. Yes, I am. And I think that this will absolutely encourage me to finally get on and complete it. Um, I think I'll probably just kind of boss rush it at this point. Around Christmas time, I've usually got quite a lot of free time off. So I'll be probably working my way through that in anticipation of Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, James, uh, I think that's probably enough gaming news for one episode. I think it's time to move on to the Games Challenge. So, Will, Arborea, how did you get on, man? I'm lo- I've been looking forward to hearing about your thoughts on the game. So, shoot, what did you think? How did you find it? Tell me some stories. Weave me a picture, paint me a tapestry. Spin me a yarn, man. Let's, let's... Chalk me a yarn. Put words and have them come out of your mouth hole about Arborea. <laughs> so, uh, I'll start off by saying that Overall, I did really enjoy Arborea. I thought it was a really fun game to play throughout the week. It incorporates a lot of the things that I like in various video games. So the fact that it has kind of Souls-like style combat in terms of a quick step, a dodge. It doesn't have stamina consumption as far as I'm aware, but it does have, you know, systems that are very familiar, very difficult bosses, also multiple phases to bosses and things like that. So, you know, all round, it really really did tick a lot of boxes for me. Nice. With that said, I unfortunately did not complete Arborea. The score remains at 2-1. Where did you get to? So I did manage to kill kind of what I would consider as the the kind of the first bad guy. Gobok. Yes, Gobok, that's right. Yeah, I got to level 3 of Helheim, and I believe that there is actually only 5 levels of Helheim. I believe that there is a final boss that's called something like Jotun, and I believe that he is actually the sort of the final boss of the game that I didn't actually manage to get to. But finishing off the game, my stats were 19. 29 toughness, 22 strength, and 20 focus. I went all in on toughness, baby. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I had HP coming out of my ears. I had like 800 fucking HP. Damn. Like, it was insane. I was just tanking bosses. That's interesting. I was, yeah, yeah. It's, I figured you might find it. Like, I wasn't sure what you'd done with it. I, I assumed that you'd think that toughness was the bitch route and like <laughs> probably focusing on focus or strength or something. So there's, you know, I should start off by saying there are three main stats in the game, which are toughness, strength, and focus. Toughness kind of very much in uh, affects your defenses as well as your life bar. Focus has much more effect on your mana or your magic bar, as well as things like mana regen rates. And then you also have the strength class, which is kind of a tiny bit of health again. It also does affect your primary weapon damage. At one point in the game, I had an ability that gave me a shield on my kill. I also had another ability that gave me health regeneration whenever I took a hit, obviously which was negated by the shield, so even if I was in negative health, as long as I had the shield, I was essentially just regening health while I was standing there. So the mobs that were released while you're fighting the boss, they just didn't phase me at all. I was going to say, particularly in the, in the Bug Queen, 
you just focus on the queen bug. Yes, absolutely. I think that's one of the first bosses that you fight in the game. And I also has an ability where there was a full percent chance every hit to regenerate my bongo, which is it's basically your Estus flask for the game. But in this game, it's it's well, it's just a it's a fucking crack pipe, right? Or like a weed bong. It's or a bong, something. yeah. It, it bubbles as you huff it, yeah. and uh, there's a big sign next to it when you pick it up that says for medicinal purposes only. So of yeah. course, the first thing I had to try was what happens if I just wolf all of it or <laughs> I like pass out and die. Nothing happens. And what's the guy that sells them to you called, Will? Oh, is it like Morgoid the Stoner or something? Grom Grommed Stoned. Grommed Stoned, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. And like, you know, he's got like big uh, Rasta dreads and yeah. like the Rasta hat on. Like, you smell this one? He like actually goes like kind of Jamaican style as well. They all it's are. Quite... <laughs> if you actually listen to them, they all are pretty much. Jamaican. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, I mean, there is that. They all kind of have that slightly Jamaican style of, uh, Jamaican style of speaking, which is slightly problematic, I think. If you do interpret it that way with the Jamaican accent, because that's a sign of lack of intelligence is what they're doing. Because as you discover, as you continue down the storyline, the main bad dude, or, or rather the, the, the main bad dude that appears there at the beginning of the storyline, as he actually uses this hat, which he has stolen, he's stolen a hat. A magic hat. Yeah, absolutely. It's a magic hat. It gives him more intelligence, more insight into his surroundings, and he actually slowly, as the game progresses, stops talking like a troll. Yeah. So there is a, a, a slightly problematic element there, that they all sound like Jamaicans until they start getting smart. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think that uh, just to go into a few more of the uh, the kind of aesthetics of yeah. the game. Well, before you do that, oh yeah, I'm going to pick you up on a few of the points you've already made. Okay, go for it. I had a completely different interpretation of the game mechanics than you did. First of all, you I believe you are correct. I don't think you were very far from finishing at all. My understanding, I thought there was only three levels of Helheim, then the boss. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But it might be five, I can totally believe that. But to your point about strength giving you extra weapon damage and things like that, health, uh, toughness being the health build and focus being the mana, that's not how I interpreted it at all. Each weapon, really? yeah, each weapon type is a is assigned to one of the stats. It is, yes, that's right. So are the abilities as well. So I thought it was more a case of you can sort of customize your builds around that because I I used focus. I was a focus build because right. my favorite weapon was the double blades. Oh, do you know what? That was one of my favorites as well. I really like the double blades. Other weapons I liked were all from the focus class. So you had the whip. The whip is great for range. It's yeah. good for taking on groups of enemies. And the legendary whip you can get is really good as well. And there's another focus weapon that I forget what it is right now, but it's also really good. I can't remember what it is, but the double blades were my main jam. And the focus abilities were sort of focused around increasing your symbiont damage and giving you bullet time when you dodged and things. So I thought it was really cool. Yeah. And the only thing I had outside of that was the ability you can get so that um, Ratter, your little fairy companion, throws grenades at people for you every so often randomly. That's right, yes. And that one's so good. But yeah, so I, so I never really picked up on the fact... I mean, obviously, toughness would give you more HP than the other ones strength would give you slightly more damage but i never really picked up on that mechanic um so yeah you can absolutely specialize in that way and it would have benefited me too i just thought to play this on the safe side almost i was really you know i really was hoping to complete this title i thought i could really do with a lot of health i'm yeah. i'm tired of losing my trolls to uh to enemies and things like that um so this is a roguelike title the game begins you are a troll who is chasing another troll who stole the hat of knowledge uh you eventually wrestle it off of him reclaim the hat of knowledge for yourself and uh you then turn into the the kind of 
mini boss bad guy of the game the guy who you're meant to assume is the main antagonist yeah you then start yourself as a new troll and you are now hunting for gobok what happens is this game is every time you die as in most roguelites you actually have to restart again and as you progress through the game you earn a currency called very at the end of each stage you're able to deposit your very to safe keep it in case you do die once you die in a stage it will retain a certain amount of your very and you can upgrade how much it retains even if you haven't deposited it in between levels you can still take back about five percent of it which isn't very much at all better than nothing though i think i had it up to about 15 20 percent by the uh point that i was playing it pretty decent so very is is a currency that's used Used to buy yourself upgrades as well as appease the gods and by appeasing the gods if you give them enough very they will provide a new batch of trolls who you will then get to pick from one of those to be your next character in the line likewise if you don't appease the gods they will give you a crappy bunch to pick from and they will have negative traits such as hearing voices or not being able to tell what element the enemies are oh i never got that one things yeah, that's, is that, oh, is that, uh, that colour blind? It's colour blind. Yeah, yeah I, one, I would yeah. never pick that one. Yeah, I did no, see it. Never. No, not at all. Some of the negative ones actually aren't that bad, though, if I remember correctly. No, I mean the hearing voices one just appears to be a bit of weird background yeah. noise sort of thing. And you don't even get that that much. No, and uh, we kind of talked a little bit there about elemental damage. So that's a very big part of this game. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what did you think of the elements and how it's incorporated in? I really liked it. I thought that the the kind of the chain of the weaknesses made a lot of sense. I don't know how to feel about fire being weak to darkness i kind of feel like darkness should be weak to fire struggling to think of a situation where light doesn't beat dark other than like fantasy shit <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's so dark will that it drowns out all the light yeah i mean you just kind of have to rationalize that sort of thing and that's the way it makes like a nice neat circle because there is a diagram of all the elemental interactions which is just yeah. a cycle really i like the fact that you could pick up the crystals that you could infuse to your weapon to yeah. change its element i like the fact that you could pick up two crystals combine them together to make a super element and then yeah. infuse that into your weapon and that would give you the elemental damage as well as a few different perks yeah buffs to the weapon like ignore 15% armor per attack there's some really really cool weapons and weapon effects there and the other thing that I thought was really cool about that mechanic was you could if you got a legendary weapon say and you didn't like the sub perks on it as you described you could actually reset the perks by just you could have the same element just reset it and it would give you new perks for that weapon which i always thought was really cool i think the the interactions and the fact that you're able to mix and match the fact that you're able to stack elemental effects and then while they're being affected by lightning that you can then switch to say a fire weapon lay on some fire damage as well just to make everything stack worked really really well one that really kind of sticks in my mind was the lightning teleport ability that i had i had an ability where you can just zip around essentially you can blink around as you're fighting yeah uh, you're invincible during that period while you're teleporting and it damages enemies if you move past them right absolutely yeah and there was quite a memorable moment where i was kind of just essentially switching between i would do a zip and then i had i think a lance which is like a really long weapon that actually grows as you do attacks so yeah. it gets longer as you attack which is such a cool mechanic so i was hitting multiple enemies at once and you regain mana per hit on the enemy so i was able to just kind of teleport slash hit three of them teleport slash hit three of them just zip around barely took any damage whatsoever and yeah there was some really cool stuff you can do in that game 
We touched just a little bit there on some of the other abilities outside of the weapons. A teleport was amazing. The telekinesis ability was really cool as well, being able to like Jedi force push away. I personally enjoyed the shield as well. Do you know what? I didn't use the shield much, but there was one moment where I used it against an enemy that was weak to whatever element that I had, and I was surprised at the amount of damage it did. I didn't actually think that it was going to do active damage. I thought it might, you know, reflect certain attacks and things like that i didn't think that it was just gonna kind of do an aoe as well i found that really useful but not that i really engaged with the with that sort of weaponry too much i was more of a straight melee guy the launcher and the bugs roll were two of the abilities that i didn't get on so well with yeah. i found the bugs roll one quite difficult to control you essentially just turn into like a, a giant wood louse or a pill bug and roll along the floor and then yeah the launcher didn't find particularly useful it was more the fact that i really missed the extra maneuverability that the teleport gave you yeah so once i had that you know most of the time if i could i would have two teleport abilities one with one element one with another and I would just rinse and repeat those. After you've upgraded yourself a little bit, you can have two weapons and two abilities on yourself, as well as four different inventory equipment slots. And I tried to make sure that all four of my main slots, weapons and abilities, were different elements, all of them. I was going to say, the strat I always used to do was um, get one that's obviously two weapons that are the weakness of the two elements that you get given as your yeah. enemies, and then have a third one that's neutral. And um, But, you know, I found it a real big benefit having multiple weapon and abilities slots because that then essentially just gives you the biggest repertoire of elemental damage that you can use to your advantage absolutely and just while we're on the subject of weapons quickly you mentioned that you went for a toughness build did you use strictly toughness weapons or because i think the lance that you mentioned earlier was a strength weapon if i'm right so for the weapons much like the abilities i wasn't really looking at what they had the best affinity with i was literally going with weapon that i like the move set of uh like the double blade I like the scythe. I like the, the scythe. That's the other one I was thinking. The of. scythe Thank was you. a really cool one. Yeah. yeah. There's probably all in all about, I don't know, over 10 different weapon types in the game. Yeah, loads. Uh, you can do things like charge attacks and that will affect different weapons. The hammer does a massive AoE if you do the charge heavy attack. The sword, if you mash the light attack while he does the wind up, you kind of pump up your weapon so that when you do stop mashing, he will do a much more damage per hit after you've hit the button a bunch of times before he actually releases. Yeah, that move is obscenely OP in early game. It's really powerful, but I found it really annoying because I was constantly through button mashing and my unfamiliarity with the game to begin with I was delaying all of my attacks unnecessarily yeah. because I just wanted to swing and I, I just eventually learned to only use the heavy attack on the sword because yeah. you can't charge those and it does quite a decent amount of damage so I just wanted to pick up a few more things about the game. So it's clearly made by a smaller team. It's a slightly lower budget game than some of the titles I've been playing recently. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, there's, there is, is though, absolutely yeah. a bunch of charm in this game that more than makes up for any jankiness or sort of like slight visual quality qualms that some people might have yeah, that's about fair. a title like this. But honestly, you know, I, I tend to look past those absolutely. I think that this has a just said uh, it's got an absolute ton of charm i think that the voice acting can be a little bit squiffy at times <laughs> particularly the fairy i wrote down here because i had to make a line of this the fairy literally sounds like she's read each line separately in the booth out of order without context after being locked in a room without any social contact for a year <laughs> whilst being drip fed acid yeah uh, is unfortunately you're not wrong <laughs> 
I think you can turn her down, though. You can turn her down. You can turn her dialogue to either rarely speak or off. I kept it on rarely. Yeah. But if anything, you know, I didn't find it too annoying. I just found it weirdly amusing. It genuinely feels like she's reading each word with a different personality intended. It sounds like some sort of, like, a voice acting challenge as opposed to an actual believable <laughs> character. Yeah, again, you're not wrong. I, I, I love this game, but I won't defend that. <laughs> Ratter's quite cool. In terms of some of the, you know, the little charmy bits around her, have you noticed that she puts on loads of weight as you fill her yeah. up with the very... And as you unlock more inventory space, you, if you fill your inventory with very at the max inventory, she gets more and more big. Like, that doesn't Yeah, I'd noticed that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when you start upgrading your inventory, her capacity for obesity increases. Yeah. And I think I, it might just be me, but I, I'm pretty sure she starts looking more and more unhappy as well. Because she's like, I'm being your pack mule, you motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, I think I did notice that. I definitely noticed that she did appear to be happier at the start of the game. Yeah. But I think the fact that I also, um, through one of the upgrades, I turned her into a fire element. So she'd oh, right. spew fire. I think that also made her look a bit more evil and demonic as well. That's so fair. it was a bit little hard for me to tell on, on a first playthrough. But, you know, cool if so. I do like the fact that she would appear more grumpy at having to lug around all yeah, your shit. Yeah. I also like the fact that when you do finish the level, she vomits all of the very into the machine as you pull the thing yeah. she doesn't just like pull it out of her ass or like out of her backpack or something she just straight up pukes it in yeah a little bit bulimic yeah it's yeah it's concerning um one thing i noticed and this was just purely for fucking around with the controls have you ever just spun the stick really fast for quite some time I because you do have, a yes. ballet pirouette yeah. And does it serve any purpose? Is it is, is it an attack no. or is it just is it just in there? Is it? I mean, you might be able to incorporate into the combat somehow. I don't know. I never really. I was that. just thinking. I mean, I I did try and do like you know a spin into an attack, and I yeah. couldn't notice any distinction between the moves that I was doing. Yeah. So I mean, if you've got a quick step, why do you need, why do you need a pirouette for? Yeah. Right. Exactly cool though. There was a lot of cool references in this game as well. The animations in the game obviously were bound to get quite repetitive every time you land into a level, every time you depart on your journey and things like that so they've actually introduced quite a few uh, I'm not sure whether they're randomised or they just kind of depend on what sort of level you're at in the game. But they've added different animations so one that I picked up in particular was as you fall into the dungeon, the typical one is you kind of fall face down into the ground. Yeah. Another one that you do is like the classic superhero landing. Yeah. Another one that you do is the way that Trinity lands in the Matrix uh, when she's in her leather biker get up. You know, the, the troll does the same pose sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they clearly had fun making this game sort of thing. Yeah, little things like that absolutely add to that. I also noticed that the game keeps a tally of your five best trolls. You know, the ones that have collected the most very, the ones that have progress far enough into the game when you go to that the option to interact with it says press f to pay respects so that's obviously yeah. a nice little call of duty reference in there as well f in the Always chat appreciated. f in the chats chat yeah. for the uh for the lost r news globok god damn it all good well not globok but Arnu's goddammit. Oh, Godbok was a good... He was a good guy in the tutorial until he put the hat until on. Until he gained the knowledge of the hat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and his boss fight's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so his boss fight, um, I suppose we should go into that. By this point, he is no longer a troll. He is suspended on the ceiling. He has massive punchy arms and you have to slap him about a bit until he hits phase two, where he then becomes kind of like a giant troll and he's able to switch between the elements that he uses. So he goes between, I think it's 
bio, lightning, fire, and ice. I guess all of them, yeah. And that was at that point where actually having four different elements at my disposal really came in useful because I was able to just vary up my attacks based on what color he turned into. Yeah. I, you know, I had some real close calls with him, but I think I managed to do him first try. By the time you get to him, he's kind of not disappointing, but a bit of an anticlimax because you're so strong by then that typically it's not that bad. I was very glad that he got a phase two. Yeah. Uh, that was that was cool to see. Especially because the phase one was kind of the attacks were easy to avoid. You just had to hit things around the outside of the room to knock him off the ceiling, right? So that's right. Yeah, he would get a force field around him, and you needed to yeah. destroy the batteries around him to uh, to take down that, so you could attack him. Something interesting about this game. So I got pretty desperate. I was fairly certain that I wasn't going to complete it. And I got to say, I you know, I played it today and I had a good feeling that I actually was going to complete it at one or two points, especially getting to level three of Helheim. I knew that there was five levels. I was feeling pretty good about that one. It was a kind of a, a shock death. God damn it, Arnas. You won't be forgotten, but <laughs> god damn it. What I wasn't expecting was that there is no wiki for this game. There is no speedruns on YouTube for this game. There's not even a subreddit for this game. Like, there's not even a walkthrough for this game. Like... Is it really that sort of not well known? I was really not expecting that this was such an underground game. I don't truly believe that it is an underground game. Yeah, I mean, the game is probably only a year old. Yeah. So yeah. it's got that, but... I would have ex certainly expected someone to have speedrun it by this point. Well, I mean, for, for whatever reason, I just don't think it's done that well. Which I think is a real shame, because I actually think it's a really good game, but... I'm with you there, 100%. But, you know, I found it by pure chance, because I just saw it as in the Steam set when it first came out and it was 10% off and I thought damn that sounds really cool I'm going to take a punt and, and it was good so yeah it's a bit of an odd one quickly before we move on to Helheim I just wanted to talk a little bit about the Erd tree <laughs> I'm going to call it the Erd tree it's like <laughs> the Elder tree it appears yeah. to be your sort of your like, god tree yeah your god tree basically I'm not convinced that the tree's a good guy man I just feel like there's something sinister going on there I feel like things are not as they seem you're not just trolls getting very you're clearly doing something for an advanced race so I think that there's more to see there and I certainly will be completing this game perhaps even before the next podcast yeah well I believe that true completion is new game plus plus yes I've heard that yeah maybe not then <laughs> I would hope that I would have at least gotten to new game plus by the uh, time the next episode rolls around who knows I might even pick it up a little bit and see if I because I, I we got to essentially the same level yeah which is the interesting yeah. thing let's talk about Helheim because I would like to get your thoughts on it because I personally didn't like it me too <laughs> Because <laughs> you go through the whole game in this lovely sort of fantasy-esque underground sort of nature aesthetic. They are drip feeding you the sci-fi though, to be fair. There is like, there's like fissures in the earth where yeah. there's bits of neon and shit. Yeah, and that's all very cool but then for it to go full space station at the end. Yes, it does go full with space With no transition, you literally walk through a tunnel and then it's like Helheim down here. It's like, okay, sweet jump down, full space station. Yeah, it literally, you go from killing Gobok, walking down a rocky tunnel into... With a lot of keep out signs which I thought was So funny. weird, yeah loads of keeper. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing this way, wrong way. Yeah, turn it's back. Like great stuff. Love it. <laughs> Honestly, the aesthetic wasn't the thing that bothered me. It was the alarm system. Uh, so the alarm system in Helheim works that whenever you do any of the actions that you've been doing for the rest of the game, like collecting very, attacking enemies, being seen by enemies, all of these things will contribute to an alert level. And the increasing amount of alert level you get, there'll be loads more countermeasures in the level as you explore it. So um, I, I 
I didn't like that aspect of things because it felt like it was hurrying me through the levels and it was limiting how much I was actually able to do in the levels. Yeah, and I don't know if you're the same as me from what you just said, but I found that I started speed running through and not killing things. I just wouldn't engage. 100%. Yeah, I started sprinting through the whole level to see what was ahead of me before I did anything. Exactly, whereas before I was killing everything, exploring properly, like getting all the chests, clearing all the curses to get more abilities and things like that. When I got to Helheim, I was like, right, no, I'm finding the exit. I'll then, from the exit, find the key or whatever it is, because you have to go to another place and unlock it or something. Yeah, so there's force fields over your exit in Helheim and you need to destroy the generators to to do it. And and in order to destroy the generator, you need to actually fight kind of like a bit of a, not a mini boss, but you need to fight an elite enemy in order to destroy it. Which, if you've been speedrunning the level and all the mobs are following you around, becomes a pain in the arse. Yeah, absolutely. And they also don't tell you at the beginning of the level just how many generators you're going to need to destroy. You need to find the exit or one of the generators before it'll tell you. Helheim feels a little bit bullshit. It feels like you should sprint through it to kind of make sure you've seen everything in the level and then make a decision about how you're going to budget your healing items. So that did force me to play differently, much like you described. You can activate... So there's no more tree roots in Helheim. There are these hacking panels that you can do which function the same as a tree root, i.e. it summons waves of enemies that you have to defeat and you either have to survive a certain amount of time defeating the enemies or you have to just defeat waves of enemies. Once you've done that, that reduces your alert level. These things sound quite cool on paper, but they become very annoying when you're kind of trying to do a mixture of rush through the level while getting as many items as you can and collecting your very but you're also trying not to make the game impossible for yourself by having loads of countermeasures go off loads of traps loads more enemies tough enemies as well my add. real tough enemies yeah. by that point they're just straight up mechas and robots and shit yeah. and there is for sure a step up in the amount of health that these guys yeah. have unfortunately beaten with two levels remaining but I had an absolutely fantastic time playing it. Wanted to say thanks for recommending it. Thank you for also buying this one for me. This is a, a gift from James for a birthday past. And I finally got round to playing it for the podcast, for the challenge. You know, I, I did check the price of the game. And I think for the price that you pay for that... £15, isn't it? Yeah, £15 to like seven, eight quid on sale. Yeah. It's an absolute steal for seven or eight quid. It'll definitely keep you busy for, I would say, at least sort of at least 20 to 30 hours if you're just going to complete the sort of the main game and get good enough and pump your skills. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it, man, Um, because as I say, I've got a lot of love for this game. I'm very impressed with how well you did, if I'm honest. There was a part of me after I'd set the challenge last week that sort of thought, should I have set up to Gobok? Because that's a bit more reasonable. But, you know, the fact that you got two levels away from the end, as I say, that's basically the same as the furthest I've got to and I've put 80-odd hours into it. Mm. So Mm. I think you can be very pleased with yourself, man. I'm sorry that you weren't able to finish it it was always going to be a slightly tall ask but as i mentioned last week you know you could have hey, done... it's a challenge for a reason exactly man. but you could have done it in five hours you know it's one of them games you literally <laughs> it could have been you know you could have just been like right i get this combat i understand the mechanics super well and you could have uh, done it and it's a shame you didn't because i was looking forward to hearing about the final boss and how you beat it and whether it was yes, actually any good yeah. or disappointing or what because i don't know that either With all of that said, I think it's time to reveal my gaming challenge for you this week. I promise, this isn't a revenge one. Oh, that means it's going to be shit. Oh, no. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) See, I think this is quite an interesting challenge, because this will be one of our first challenges that isn't a completion. Oh, hello. It is a stipulation run. A stipulation challenge. Your challenge this week, James, is... Catch up. 
Fat W in Apex Legends with 400 damage accrued during that win. You look genuinely worried, James. <laughs> it's filling with me with joy. <laughs> I know what the first bit means. I don't know what the second bit means. Okay, so so basically, you need to win a game of Apex, but that's not enough. Right. You need to have done at least 400 damage in that game. Okay. So, my thinking on this is, and the reason why I've added that stipulation is... It's not hard to end up in a game with two absolutely amazing players and absolutely get carried. I don't want you to get a kill count, because again, I think that that would be quite unfair because you could be shooting someone and someone could steal your kill, for instance. What I want you to do is 400 damage, because I feel like that takes into account you'll be playing an active part of the team. 400 damage really isn't that much, provided you're going to be winning the game and coming into contact with a lot of other teams. So I think that it is achievable, and I just to specify, this is a B BR win. This is not an arena win as well. This is a, uh, a BR game mode win. Well, man, um, uh, I wasn't expecting that. That's uh, completely out of left field, that one. Yeah, I don't I don't know how hard this is going to be, so I can't really make a judgment. I mean, I suck at Battle Royale games, so that's going to be a challenge. A challenge that I will give my all to, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's going to be a tough one, I think. It's doable. Oh, it's doable for sure. I could get it in my first game. You never know. Apex is a game that I enjoy quite a bit. You know, I, I play it on my own with randoms as well as with friends, but it's a game that we have played very little of with each other. And I think that this challenge is kind of going to be your make or break as to whether you actually enjoy playing Apex. No, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm a little bit on the fence with Apex at the moment as is. So yeah, I agree. I think this will either make me hate the game or it will uh, tip me over to the love side. It's out of my comfort zone. It's good. It's a good challenge. So yeah. I'll give it my all. Hopefully keep the 100% record alive. Well, good luck, man. And I'm looking forward to catching up and seeing how you're getting along during the week. Uh, so I think we've come to the end of the podcast now. Once again, it's been great catching up with you this week. As we take back, we're just going to have a quick look at what we learned this week. What have you learned this week, James? What have you learned this episode? So what I've learned this week is that, and this kind of is a, an apology as well, I learned that Thymessia, a game that I've been very much hyped and looking forward to and have been playing and, you know, have really enjoyed. Talking about episode on episode. Exactly. It's actually pronounced Thymesia. So, you know, I learned that, which is awkward, given how much I've sort of hyped this game up and then I can't even know the fucking name of it. And outside, I also learned that uh, inserting robots into sort of early 18th century France, I believe it is, might have been early 19th century France, uh, is actually quite a cool look. It really works. There you go. It really, really works. Yeah. It just works. And who'd have thought a robot in a wig would look kind of cool? How about you, man? This episode, James, I learned another lesson from you, another little interesting tidbit, that Clefairy was actually due to be the flagship Pokemon as opposed to Pikachu, uh, which I think is really interesting. And I'm forever going to be inserting Clefairy in front of Pikachu now whenever I see him on a poster, just to kind of imagine what that would have looked like if we were living in the uh, the, the brightest timeline, let's describe that as. <laughs> Pikachu is, is definitely the evil one. It's those little eyes, the beady fucking eyes. Okay, James, I'd just like to wrap up and say a big thank you to all of our listeners. We very much enjoy week on week taking a look at our subscriber count, taking a look at our viewer account, watching the globe light up with listeners. You know, it's something that we really appreciate. Uh, the support, the engagement that we have on social media, it's all fantastic and it really does kind of keep us going and we're really looking forward to putting out more episodes for you guys. Yeah, I'd like to echo that sentiment. It's all very, very humbling 
going. The nice comments and the support we're getting has been wicked. And, you know, seen a few of those five star ratings be creeping in as well. So just massive thank you to everyone that's uh, been a part of this journey so far. And we look forward to uh, continuing it with you all. Yes, smash those five star ratings. It makes all the difference in terms of promoting the podcast. And we very much appreciate that. And do tell your friends. You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pod Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, challenge highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word. Or you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. And you can also find me on Twitter at Mr. Bames or, or on Twitch under uh, twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Bames underscore TPM. With all that said, thanks very much, everyone. Enjoy your week and we'll catch you next Monday. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye.